Bienvenido, lads and lasses, and welcome back to the Soccer Talk Lads podcast. For years, we've talked about the possibility of Lionel Messi coming to the United States and playing in Major League Soccer, but now it seems like that may finally be possibly happening. What does this mean for Inter-Miami? What does it mean for St. Louis City SC? What does it mean for Major League Soccer and all of American soccer in general? We'll discuss all that ahead, plus... We'll touch on the two STL City games we've missed and look at some of the early transfers from around the world of football. It's a lot to cover, so let's kick off. Welcome in, everyone. It is the Soccer Talk Labs podcast, and we are back reunited, all three of us in the flesh, not in the flesh in the sense that we're anywhere near each other, because who would want that? Uh, right. But my name is Stephen Ground. I'm joined by uh, Justin, whose favorite Pride Month jersey in the MLS is all of them, because they're the same. Justin, how do you feel? Yeah, uh, I love, I love jerseys, jerseys that can easily be swapped in with a crest with no discernible difference. That's my favorite mm-hmm. kit, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And we're also joined by a man who thinks you should be allowed to watch a little porn at work. It's Ian Peters. Ian, how are you doing tonight? I work remotely, so, you know, you can't stop me. That's right. What the hell? Unless they put a firewall on. (laughs) I've never gotten this far. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, folks. Welcome in. And we are here and we are back. And we're here ready to talk about Messi to MLSE. Uh, it's happening. It appears to be happening. It's still technically not really, 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 really official, but it seems like all kind, all signs point to that uh, outcome. You know, Don Garber has tweeted about it. So I think that's, that's about true. any assurance they can really want. Apple is on board. Uh, Adidas is on board. They're picking every company and outlet and third tier marketing uh, scam in the United States to pay this man enough money. Uh, to convince him to come over here over a $1 billion over two-year bid from the Saudis, uh, which have taken the likes of such luminaries as Kareem Benzema, um, N'Golo Kante, and the Professional Golf Association this week. They did not claim the soul of Lionel Messi. No, sir, that was claimed by David Beckham. He's coming to MLS. Uh, Justin, you have probably the most perspective on MLS and uh, American Pro Soccer on uh, this podcast what how big a deal is this really how uh, significant is this going to be yeah I was thinking about how to like really put this into perspective and like if David Beckham is kind of the linchpin for groundbreaking signings that come in that force like the league to change around them like Messi is higher than that like I think the biggest impact of Messi outside of obviously getting more casuals to tune in i don't know if you saw the like inner miami social media following went from like 1 million followers to 5.4 like since the <laughs> announcement yeah. uh, which like influencer final boss Lionel messi let's get yeah, that straight. seriously no but outside of that like i think it potentially forces the league to once again look at the salary rules and like i think momentum for at least like raising the floor or getting rid of some of the mechanisms and streamlining things will pick up steam like Lionel Messi wants a good team around him and right now like Inter Miami is a freaking mess of a team so 
like I think not to say that you bend the rules for every star player, but it's obvious when David Beckham came in, they had to add the DP rule. I think it's a fair conclusion that like Messi comes in and brings in roster changes as well. Like outside of the obvious, Messi shows up to a game in Chicago and all of a sudden they're selling out kind of thing. But it's a big yeah, deal. I mean, I think uh, I think it's it's also we we always talk about the MLS being a retirement league, and obviously. Lionel Messi would not have come here at 26. That's pretty clear. But he's, but he's still in the prime of his career. Now. Like he like watched he, the World Cup last year. He was dominant in the World Cup. Yeah. He was dominant for PSG last year. He's still putting up God tier numbers. Like this is a guy who obviously immediately becomes the best player in this league by miles, you know, with all due respect to Edvard Leuven, who uh, I would say is a close mm-hmm. second. Um, it's like Lude Van Mutar and like maybe Messi. Those are your big three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, it's just, I mean, I think that alone is astronomically big. He's the, he's the best player, you know, arguably the best player ever, certainly in that conversation, even if you don't think he's the best of all time. He's choosing, um, choosing MOS not over only not only over Saudi Arabia but over uh FC Barcelona who clearly wanted him back as well um it's it's a huge deal and I think this combined with um the expansion of the past few years and the the um the World Cup coming in 2026 is just really all the you know kind of gunpowder you need for MOS to explode higher and and become more significant in a big way. So, uh, Ian, what are your thoughts on the messy mess? So even I know who Lionel Messi is. So that mm-hmm. that's saying something. Um, I mean, I talked to my my brother in law about this, and he's a very casual soccer fan, or at least casual MLS fan, maybe a little more in international soccer. And I mean, even he's thinking like this is like such a huge deal, and was like super curious when he was coming over and wanted, wanted to see when you know, STL city played Miami and if it would be here. And like, I mean, that's just like one person here in the middle of America. That's like that much more interested. And it's like, that's, it's a huge deal. And it's a recognizable name to people outside of the sport. And I don't know, I think, I think you make your money in this alone on just like notoriety and people's eyes on your league now. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that just brought up that it seems like it's even bigger than having like David Beckham come over back in the was that even like the nineties two thousands late late twenty late early two thousands I guess they all bleed together when I when I watch old video footage of two thousand seven it looks like it's nineteen ninety basically it's still in the baggy jerseys that's right um yeah I mean I'm I'm excited I want to get a kit just to have a messy kit that's from an MLS team I could always get a messy kit from like you know, one of his many other teams. I'm like, who cares about that? I want an American, an American team. Crappy Inter Miami. Does he make them better? I mean, he makes them better. Does he make them like a good team? Who they knows? Knew that. But I think that's yeah, like fun. I think that's like just a fun like fact that you can just add him there, and you're like, and that's enough. And now we're now we're so much better. Are you um, certain, Justin, that uh, Inter Miami is not committing any salary cap violations <laughs> that will lead in the surrender of this player? Well, um, you know, they've learned from their past mistakes, I think. Was that's, it Blaze Matuidi who they lost because of that? Who was like subjective or objectively right? terrible in this league that they oh. they bought in like an extra DP who 
like none of their DPs hit. So like this is yeah. like the other thing with Inter Miami is it felt like they've had like three false starts at this point and they should have probably started with Lionel Messi or like started with that caliber of player who kind of forced them to actually like build their stadium and things. It just feels like they've been limping along to get to this point. Now they're okay. We're ready. Yeah, exactly. Well, the state of Florida is proud to welcome Lionel Messi and the city <laughs> of St. Louis looked like it might be his first away game, but it seems like that's probably not the case now. Is that correct? Yeah. I was told, or I don't know if this, I guess the beat reporters down in Miami were the first to report it, uh, said that the aim would be for him to start that first Leagues Cup match, which would be the week after he's in St. Louis. So probably not. And I don't even know if he plays that Leagues Cup match. If we're honest. Like this is, I think they will be extra cautious with him because this is the guy who really hasn't had a break and he's old and like doesn't play every game to begin with. Not to say that he's old and washed up he's obviously still very good but when you get older you can't recover as well he played in world cup like hard minutes in the world cup had a little bit of a break before you returned to psg but not really and like i think it's a guy that needs some time off for sure to like before he's going to come straight into an mls season not to say that lionel messi on like 40 percent couldn't boss the league yeah, he's pretty good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's going to be huge. I think Apple has to feel like, uh, oh damn, huge winners in this. Inter Miami are huge winners, but yeah. I think. Go ahead. Sorry, Justin. No, I was gonna say like I think not to undercut the role that Apple TV has played in this because they had the messy doc coming up and like, apparently the offer that what's taking it so long is that Adidas and Apple are offering them an equity share that's going to look like something having to do with their soccer arms. So mm-hmm. like a big part of this is that MLS single entity, they can bring in Apple and Adidas to the table as well. And like as much as the single entity stuff isn't fun to talk about a lot, it helps in these circumstances where you can potentially bring such a game changer to the league. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I'm like, I'm not just saying for their role in the deal, but just because they got the rights when they did and, they have to feel as a company like this is a coup for them. Um, yeah, and their international rights, which I didn't realize as well. So yeah. I think it's I think it's strange that there are people who have issues with this. I guess there are always people that have issues with everything. But to me I mean I can see it. I can see it a bit in like if you have a team, so say you're like a Colorado Rapids fan. So you have this team that doesn't spend money to begin with, and they're like I don't think I'm not sure if those rumors about MLS owners paying part of their salary is true. Like, I think that was just something that was thrown out there at some point. But the idea that like certain MLS owners would be okay paying part of Lionel Messi's salary when they don't even pay their own player's salary, I think I can see why you'd be a little bit upset at that. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a very fun situation to watch, a interesting um, story for the summer for MLS. And it's going to be create, you know, I would think some urgency on other teams to add um dps and create uh new uh, stars in the league as well which maybe will affect uh our pursuit of bobby chompers or other potential number nines that's um, my main takeaway is that like now i can go to bobby, bobby chompers and say is coming in yeah <laughs> that's right how can you turn your nose up at a league that messy would come you can't really i mean can. you know it's a joke but that does have to play a role honestly like 
literally no one can say this league is beneath me now if Messi right. is saying that it's not, you know. So yeah. um, as long as we're talking internationally before we get to uh, St. Louis City, Justin, your thoughts on the alleged almost certain move of Ricardo Pepe to PSV Eindhoven in the Dutch league. I really like that move for him. Like he's got to compete with Florian Balogun now. And like he did well in the Dutch league last year as like, I think he was the only player in the top 10 of scoring, not on a team within title contention. Like his, that Groningen team was very bad last year. So now he goes to a PSV Eindhoven team that has a lot of creators around him. It's definitely a better step than just going back to Augsburg. Like I think that relationship it's kind of ruined, and I'm still not sure that he is at the level to like carry a Bundesliga attack on his own. Actually, I, I know for a fact he isn't. But like, I think this gives him an opportunity to, you know, slowly evolve into that role. He's not expected to like hit the ground running, but he also has the players who can like help him hit the ground running, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's a really good player, and he's still only 20 years old. So everyone talks about like how his time at Augsburg was a failure, but he's a young player getting used to playing at high level. Yeah. Miami also looking at uh, Angel Di Maria and Sergio Busquets as potential additions. Tata Martino is, I believe, all but certain to become their manager. Um, Hasn't been announced yet, but everyone's talking like it's a real thing. Yeah. I would, I believe the Busquets stuff over the Angel Di Maria stuff. But like at a certain point, it's going to get to, I guess it's kind of already there where they're just being linked with that free agent now, even though none of it makes sense. I love when these European sites, try to break on less rumors, but, and then you look at, you're like roster wise, that doesn't make any sense at all. Actually you're linking four DP potentials with a team that only has one slot, but I'm sure things will look drastically different for that team after this transfer window. They got to get rid of Rodolfo Pizarro. They got to do a lot of things over there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so exciting news all around. Um, very fun for the future of MOS. Uh, let's talk about St. Louis City SC and let's do this. Let's get the let's get the bad result out of the way first and talk about uh, the this loss. This did start to... like a month ago, so technically... It yeah, so technically it did start earlier. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't give a crap about this loss. I don't want to... I don't want to write it off too think. much, but like... I don't know. Should I be that concerned about a game that was half of a game and started in the 45th minute and we had to travel across the country to play a half of the soccer game and we looked pretty good until the 80th minute and then we surrendered a goal and then kind of fell apart after there. I mean, we didn't look great, but, you know, we looked like we weren't getting beat terribly, you know, until they scored and then um scored the second like i don't know am i I wrong to kind of write this one off considering the form they've been in coming up to it no i don't think so and 40 minutes of a performance too like it's not like they had to come into this game on short notice and you know play 90 minutes or whatever like i Mm -hmm. think those short games kind of don't not to make an excuse but like this team plays well when they can run at teams and wear them down and that's not really a concern over 40 minutes yeah yeah, definitely. And you got you got counterattacked by Jesus Ferreira, who is the joint lead and goal scorer in MLS right now. So like you got beat by a good team in less than ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. I don't think like there's obviously mistakes there. If you look at the goal, both goals, like it comes from the team defense being completely disorganized and getting back. But we already knew that, that was a problem with this team sometimes. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, Ian, did you get to watch this match? Did you have thoughts? I got to watch the last the last half of the the half that was played. Yeah, that um, was about about me too. I tuned it right <laughs> for the exciting part. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, this is okay, and I was like, oh, okay, well, not 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 as great. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where you can call it like a schedule loss. It's like a weird schedule loss, you know. Sometimes uh, in other sports, and it's like back to back to back to back or whatever, and you're against. It a team that's better than you or something like, wow, we're not going to win this. So like, I don't know that I would have called us, <laughs> would have called it that if it was close or, or they looked better, but it just felt like, yeah, you have a, a game you're resuming in the middle of the week and there's just not as much to draw from whatever. I mean, did they start it at 45? They start at 50. They start literally when they suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's five, it's five less minutes, but it's not even a full half that you're playing. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's just half a game. And I don't know, especially after the results that we'll talk about against like Houston, like I just, it, this was, this was a fine loss. This one of those losses you just kind of shrug off and like move on. Um, but yeah. And I mean, then I like, I, I gotta say I was at the the game because I wasn't on last last episode but uh i was at the game against um vancouver and that that maggie perez goal was electric that was that was something else those people went freaking nuts he one went of the best nuts. one of the best sports reactions you've ever been at oh for sure for real like was it as universal as uh the fans <laughs> standing up and walking out when winnipeg winnipeg beat us in overtime that one time you know what? i will say i think as as a large group of people in unison i will say yes i think everyone despite it being a 2-1 game at that moment you don't you don't need the third goal i mean you certainly want it as as insurance but you don't need it that still felt like a goal where it was like wow you would have thought that they just won you know in sudden death overtime or whatever uh i feel mm-hmm. like everyone like understood the significance of that goal and was just feeling that whole game so like yeah and say in in opposite directions both of those both of those fan bases knew exactly what was happening <laughs> it was kind of yeah. the turning point of the homestand for me because like you run over sporting kc in a game where they look like they didn't even really show up and this was a game where like vancouver was pushing at the end of that game so to have Mickey Fries scores first on last goal for like the entire stadium to explode. That was the loudest I've ever heard, like a place that I've been to. I, obviously, I haven't been to like a Stanley Cup final or anything. I'm sure that was just as loud, if not louder. But like, I would be willing to wager that's a top 10 like St. Louis sports reaction of all time. Mm. I'll be on the good. highlight reels, the highlight reels of the season after, of course, winning, winning the league. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So we have games coming up against uh, LA Galaxy, a big showdown with Nashville on the 17th. That should be absolutely circled on the MLS calendar. That'll be a big marquee matchup with teams that could be uh, leading their conferences at that time. One of the teams currently is. I'll let you guys guess which one that is. But uh, Nashville is in second place. I guess they can't probably be leading their conference because they're eight points behind Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati kind of running out um, for everyone but uh after nashville we've got real salt lake san jose colorado toronto and then another big showdown with lfc but until we get to that lafc game 
on July 12th, there's a lot of very winnable matchups there. So hopefully this doesn't, uh, you know, discourage the team. They get right back on the horse against LA Galaxy, who they host. I think uh, the um, good news for that, Steven, is that the LA Galaxy are horrible and Chicharito went down injured in their US Open right. game last night. So and, it's I, a, and it's a it's home game and it's 1 p.m., which I don't know if that really matters. It'd be interesting to see how that environment uh, goes down. It's on a Sunday, too. Is this our first Sunday game? I think it so. Is. Right. Um, but I, I guess so. gives us that extra cushion after the uh after the Wednesday matchup. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think not a lot to be concerned with there. Uh so why don't we go ahead and, and backtrack a little bit? I don't know if I have been on a podcast since uh we had those two losses to Chicago. Uh since then of uh, just a, a great streak of success until this game that we're barely counting this week. Uh Which means that four, we're gonna lose this weekend. Great, Steven. Right. Great to have you the on. Four nil loss, <laughs> the four-nil defeat <laughs> of Sporting KC, which was fantastic. The Vancouver three-one that we already mentioned, and then the three-nil against Houston, um, which I would say uh I was pretty pretty surprised by. Um not surprised in the sense that uh, I didn't think it was, you know, a possible that we'd beat Houston, but we definitely dominated them. And I didn't see that coming uh, at all. We had the early penalty. Uh, we had two penalties in that game, um, but, you know, we earned them. I think they were both very legitimate penalties and, um, you know, completely justifiable calls. Uh, was this the game that had the fight? That wasn't the fight. These games are blending together. Yeah. So there was a red card. The the there wasn't a red card. Franco and Crasco got into it with, like, I think the entire city roster. And uh, that's when <laughs> Shabu Ublam got his yellow first stepping up. And his quote after the game was great because he essentially said, what had happened was their guy kicked our guy's shit and I stepped in. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. That guy does not take any prisoners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was cool. It was it was a good game. Definitely a very nice win. Anyone have general thoughts on that game that we should dive into? Yeah, I think this was, I don't know if I would say the most dominating performance, because obviously they have been, but Houston for as good of a team that they can be, like I think obviously they have been a good team on the road, but this was kind of quintessential, showed you like what St. Louis is trying to do. And to do this all without Klaus too, I think is the, more impressive part Mm -hmm. definitely um yeah uh ian any thoughts on this actually i was going to ask about klaus i was like what what is going on because he was all right or he wasn't all right but he was he was going to be okay and then there was like a setback and then it felt like he was practicing and now is it like another setback yeah so essentially like obviously it's a quad injury you know muscle injuries don't have a set timeline so he's had two or three test days now where like the next day just something with his recovery the trainers didn't like and they shut him down so like obviously he went from out to questionable to out to questionable now he's shut down for the next two weeks i guess it would be the next week now since this was announced last weekend but uh and then they'll be reevaluated afterwards so just like his recovery hasn't been going the way that they wanted to go and Obviously, at this point, like you don't need to rush the guy back. They're playing well, and you want him to be ready for the playoffs. And you're not even halfway through the season yet. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, they have my read on it. They have been doing better 
without him. I mean, they haven't been doing better than what they would do if he was in there, but mm-hmm. they've been doing better than how they started when they lost him. Um, it helps I mean, that Ludvin has ascended into best player in the league status. <laughs> I was like, yeah, so I made like whatever team, week, team of the week, whatever it is, their little all-star team of the week sort of had thing. The, had the goal of the week as well, that we yeah. did that on his uh, world-class free kick. I'm sure you guys talked about this, but uh, was it intentional? What do we think? What was the... I think I think it was intentional that he aimed for that spot. I don't think it was a shot necessarily. Like yeah. <laughs> the way that he talked about after the game was essentially like I always aim for the back post because if no one gets on the end of it, it's going in kind of thing. So right. yeah, fair enough. I I like to think he was playing for DHS. I yeah. mean, you know, it's just it's winging a, it in there and see what happens. <laughs> that's right. It's a single thought, but it takes yeah. a lot of finesse. I mean, like he's good at that. Uh, the I guess it was in the Vancouver game. The Miggy goal was started by him, like picking out the bottom corner and it's all mm. not being able to like actually crowd the goal. And then in last night's game, he had another one where he went to the bottom corner and made the goalkeeper like have to make a desperation save to get there. So it's just like, he might be at least top three in the league, probably behind Almeida as like best free kick takers. Yeah. I was like, he's definitely one of the, he's, one of, if not the most like noticeable player on the field for like for possibly either team, but definitely for, for city um, between him, like offensively moving up the field. And then also I'd say like Blom too. It's like, I feel like I see him always making like really good one-on-one plays that kind of wow you. So I'm like, Oh man, between like a transition between those two is like pretty killer. It's just a matter yeah. of, I always feel like it's the, it's the transition backwards, the quick transition backwards that kills the team. Like last night, like it's just kind of like not really being able to regroup quickly. They're kind of bad. They're kind of bad at defending who they themselves are. <laughs> it's like, oh, if it's coming back quick, I don't know. This word yeah. discombobulated, especially without Blom. Like I think that's one thing that he's done so well since he's been inserted into this team is that he can be the guy that breaks up like in this Houston game, he had three interceptions where he steps into Houston, trying to counterattack and comes away mm. with the ball. Like you definitely miss him in games like that for sure. Like, I think he makes a big difference last night. He plays. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's such a big deal too, just because overall our defense is very suspect. So like, if you can just keep, if you can keep their play from even developing to a point where we have to rely on the defense and it's like, okay, that in and of itself is like, better better defensive play than we could probably get from like the back four if we're being pressed a lot so yeah i mean yeah they i'm i'm honestly just i think every week just slightly surprised that this team that they've assembled is playing well i don't know like it's, it's not like i look at them like yeah i guess it's not like i look at them and think wow this team sucks how can they keep winning but it's more just like wow i really just didn't expect them to like have the quality of players that they have on this team or them to be at least performing at like the level that they currently are. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I think it's wild to see. Um, we get, I guess that's the biggest surprise to me is just the, the quality of Klaus and which obviously we haven't even seen as much of the last week or so, but the quality of him and Levin are probably the biggest surprises to me this summer or this season so far not that not that i didn't think you know it's one of those things where like your dps should be should be quality they should be your best players but like these guys 
didn't have like any hype coming in. You know, Berkey had a lot of the hype as the kind of like proven commodity mm-hmm. and he would, wasn't a DP. And then we talked a lot about Blom, you know, Jokini even like, I know he was kind of a rehab project, but he at least wasn't a USMNT name. So like he had some hype, you know, you talked a lot about those kinds of guys. Um, and, you know, Levin and Klaus seem like, not afterthoughts, but just kind of like, yeah, they're there. I'm not sure, you know, I think a lot of the pre preseason analysis was they're there. I'm not sure they're quality enough to like make this team good. And obviously both of them have taken this lead by storm. Lovin is true. I mean, I genuinely think a, a legitimate MVP contender. Um, when you look at how well this team has performed, Klaus is, um, a huge factor not just a huge person um but i also think you know credit to them as a whole for surviving and withstanding his absence as well as they have um because you know there was they scuffled for a while there um you know i think his absence was a big part of the reason they went on that that skid when they did but they kind of pulled out of it and found a way to start winning some games and um you know really have been impressive I had this thought for a while too. Like, I think they almost had to relearn like how to set up without Klaus. Like, because he's mm-hmm. such a strong presence and his hold up mm-hmm. play is so good that. And Joe Keeney kind of talked about having to talk to Ludovic and having to talk to Vasilev about like how he's running and he was coming too deep in the midfield, going underneath, and they had to talk to him about you know going up over the top, getting you know spreading out a bit. You're not playing underneath someone. You are the lone striker, and I think that did take a while to crystallize. And that's something that they've obviously done better, even in games where Joe Keeney is on the score sheet, he's still lengthening out the play of field that he wasn't doing before. Yeah, I mean, they're still, they're managed to, you know, turn out of that skid and still manage to score goals. Like they're still, like what is this top goal differential in the West with 16? I mean, you get two score on you last night and you're still leading the conference by like three over... LAFC, who granted has played somehow two less games than us, who have played two less games in Seattle <laughs> right behind us. But it's still, yeah, it's still extremely impressive that they've been able to do this without, like, pretty much the the star of the show to start the whole season, right? Like, he was scoring, like, or was that, like, a goal a game pace there for, like, the first five or six games? Mm-hmm. Um, and always kind of doing, like, a one-man show at one point or another to get a goal. Um it's impressive. I guess, I guess, yeah, I just really, I really hope that Klaus is able to, to bounce back. And I know we've got plenty of time uh, before the end of the season and everything, but I'd like to see him back before July. That'd be fun. Yeah. I wonder you if like, to, <laughs> you just aim for the league's cup with everyone, just like yeah. <laughs> hope for the best. Cause that's around the time that uh, Joaquin Nilsson will be ready as well. And that's going to be, interesting to see what happens there hopefully some better defense is what happens hopefully i'm <laughs> just like what i'm curious about is see who moves i don't think you i don't think that with how kyle hebert has kind of like ascended this year and lucas bartlett seems to be the guy that carnell prefers over hebert like i wonder if they trade someone or move somebody especially with hebert getting national team minutes now mm-hmm. do it 
Tim Parker is going to be on the move. Don't do it. You can't, uh, but you could, and they probably will. But you Tim can't Parker is on the move. move. Tim Parker is coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's right. Come saying, October. They should move him every window now and just like every team hold on right. to like a little bit more of his contract. Tim Parker's coaching the Columbus Blue Jackets because no one else wanted to on that. <laughs> so, um, other news from around the world of soccer. Is there other news from around? Oh, the world I guess of for our purposes, Alexis McAllister joins what uh, I almost said Los Angeles Football Club, uh, Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> Huge news uh, on our part. Um, very good signing, I think, for Liverpool. Pretty excited about that. Uh, Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid. Not a yes. surprise to anyone. Very Upsetting and, and miserable. Yeah, <laughs> very deeply disappointing that he's going there, but uh, he'll be very good there. Um, Timu Puki, uh, it seems to be a done deal to Minnesota. Yes, I'm getting that jersey, baby. Northern Lights Puki. I'm doing it. You can't stop me. Try and stop me. Um, other, other, uh, signings, transfers, movements. I mentioned Conte and, uh, and, uh, Benzema, Benzema to, um, ye old Saudi Arabia, which is the big one for me that happened yesterday. So it went under the radar, but, uh, Chicho Arango was bought by Real Salt Lake from Pachuca. Rongo was part of that LAFC team last year they had to move on from because he was due a new contract that would have made him a DP. They traded or sold him to Pachuca, and now he was bought back by RSL, which is just the most random. If you put like a transfer generator, it's like a FIFA transfer, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's cool. I'm glad that they uh, added him. Crazy. Yeah, I'm happy for our friends over at Royal Riot. They get a, yeah. a nice little striker. Apropos um, of nothing other than that you mentioned FIFA, crazy that FIFA is going away as a soccer video game franchise. What uh, What's happening? It's going to be the... EA Sports Football Club now, I think. Is it like still essentially the they same basic, thing? They basically just aren't paying for the FIFA license and are getting the licenses individually for the different leagues and oh, stuff okay. is what I can tell. Like it looks like mm-hmm. I finally looked it up because I didn't believe it. I thought it was just a negotiating tactic, but apparently they're just doing like you know, they're just getting everybody individually, which why would fine. You don't really, you don't need the FIFA name anymore. Plus, they like they were having issues with the Serie A licenses and things the past few years, yeah. anyway. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, was, so yeah. How well, do you how do you pick a team in Serie B if there aren't any teams in Serie B to pick? You know, how do you play Serie A when no one can get relegated? It makes it right. useless. Exactly. Plus, anyway, I Stephen, I, I trampled over your transition. So no, you're fine. <laughs> I need to be able to be that uh, that uh, the team with the witch on the broomstick in their logo. Yeah, that's out. Yeah, yeah, I need to be Palermo. Uh, I need to bring them back up to Syria. That's my yeah. that's my current battle. Definitely. If you're wondering, what did West Ham win today? Did they win Euro Europa League? They won the conference title, baby. Oh, baby. big European what? trophy. A I take major offense to them celebrating this like it's a European trophy, not a competition that was invented two years ago for the seventh place Premier League club. I. Uh, the big stat is that West Ham spent more on transfer fees this year than the entirety of the Europa Conference League combined. So. <laughs> this is just a wild tweet. It says, Sofyan Amrabat is now on Bayern's shortlist as Declan Rice is leaning towards joining Arsenal, which, fe- like, I can't think of 
a parallel, but it feels like saying Skip Schumacher is now on the New York Yankees uh, short list as um, Barry Bonds is thinking, leaning towards joining the Tampa Bay Rays or whatever. You know, like every part of that sentence didn't make sense. Sofyan Amrabat is a fine player. He's not a Declan Rice alternative. And Declan Rice, you're choosing Arsenal over Bayern Munich? Um, that's a dumb decision. If you're going <laughs> to leave, Declan, don't leave for Arsenal. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my that's my analysis of it. That's perfect analysis as far as I'm concerned. Um, I feel like English other- players, if they're going to leave Premier League, should either... Like if they're gonna leave their mid-level Premier League team, they either need to go to like Real Madrid or Bayern, not go yeah. to another. I I was gonna call Arsenal mid-level, but I can't do that in good faith anymore. But. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, other news? Anything else you want to talk about, Justin? Uh, Jabu Leblanc was called up to the South African national team. I feel like that's of import to us, but outside of that, I've got nothing. You don't want to talk about how Tottenham Hotspur have been linked with a shock move for Atletico Madrid's attacker, Joao Felix, who spent the second half of last season in Chelsea. Oh, that'll be a disaster. If Spursy was a player, it would be Joao Felix. So that is a perfect. Says Tottenham considering a shock 88 million pound move for four goal Chelsea flop. (laughs) They would have to change their approach completely, I feel like, with Joao Felix. Because if you have Felix and Son, I feel like it could work, but it doesn't work under their current approach. Son is, is like son it's gonna, gonna go to Saudi Arabia. He's too pure. He can't. He's I too can't. Pure. I don't like I don't That's get true. too into the like, oh, he's a bad person for going to Saudi Arabia. Cause like I couldn't turn down six hundred and fifty million dollars over it three seems years. like the type of guy but that son would break my heart. <laughs> yeah, he seems like the type of guy that would actually want to be involved in like a top football culture nation versus saudi like not to say that (laughs) say top football culture why is he with Tottenham? so you're saying son to st louis city sc that's what i'm saying yeah look at we just show him like all the intro videos from city park and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna bring Firmino over that's what's gonna bring human sung over son we can show wudan uh korean barbecue up off of uh olive olive and fifi it's right the, there. Uh, it's great. It's fantastic. Sticking with Spurs, Real Madrid wants to wait to go after. Oh, who do they want? Oh, to go after Mbappe, obviously. But Carlo Ancelotti thinks that they can sign Harry Kane this this summer transfer window. Just do so, it. Something just to pay attention do to. It. Why not? <laughs> just fucking. Just do it. Just cut the At head off. At this point in his career, Harry, just freaking stay there, man. Where are you going to go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an option. Eh, why don't you just fucking stay? I'd be sad yeah. if he stayed too, in a way. I'd be like, oh, he's dying. Like, I don't know what he does. He's going to lose his situation. If he stays at Spurs, he loses. If he goes to Real Madrid, then they tell him that he had to leave Spurs to win a trophy. And that's that's it for him. All I'm saying is he's been at Spurs his entire career. Settling should be very familiar with him now. <laughs> he used to it. Just... Just this stick is with who it. you are. Um, yeah, it feels very like beyond like when Gareth Bale left. Like it feels like it's beyond that at this point, even. Like you're outside of that window. You just have to stay, unless you're gonna sign like a one-year deal and come back. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Uh, Justin, quickly, let's take it over to you for your comments on the heartbreaking departure of Harry Maguire. Your thoughts? Is he for, is he for sure gone? Is, it, is that for sure? Uh, it, it is widely believed that they will let him leave, yes. <laughs> Why what a Muppet of a man. I Just like him. So the story behind that, Stephen, is that Harry Maguire Muppet. was apparently upset that Ralphie Veron was getting playing time over him. <laughs> nice. Had to come out and say, yeah, I mean, no one wants to lose playing time, but we have to play Rafael Prime. <laughs> That's nice. I'm into Are you gonna, Yeah. I mean, I get like you were the starter, you were the captain of this team, but I don't know if I could ever be that much of a believe in myself kind of guy to think that I'm that much better than a guy who's won like multiple Champions League as Real Madrid's sturdiest defender. Versus yeah. Harry Maguire, who has lost himself how many games over the course of his Premier League life? Many, but mm. never because of his face. So, you know, that's, that's true. That's something. Um, uh, Phil Jones is also finally leaving Manchester United, which is also fantastic that he was still under contract for this long. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, final thoughts, final Takeaways, final anything. I am looking forward to City versus LA this weekend. That's going to be four in a row at home at City Park, which feels like they've turned things around. That's yeah. my that's my closing thoughts for this, this podcast. Definitely. Let's do that. Let's do a quick preview of that. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on the matchup itself other than that we're good and they're bad and so we yeah, should win? It's a trap game because the Galaxy <laughs> like cannot win a game to save their life and they where well they came back against rsl last night in the open cup but uh yeah i don't i don't know if it's gonna go well for them i think that there is just not it's not a cohesive team that was put together they've had problems all year and of course this being a trap game means that they win three to one probably (laughs) bottom of the league one five and two away from from their stadium just Mm. Real, real shit work done by us. <laughs> Complete opposite. <laughs> How do you feel about being LA Galaxy and you're like the, the most, you know, you're the long tenured LA team and then LAFC comes in here and it's like, just hands you your fucking lunch. Yeah. Well, I think more than anything, they like LAFC show that you can't just spend money in this league without having like an actual plan. Like LA <laughs> Galaxy, I feel like them in Toronto just want to think it's still the league where you can throw money at star players and be good. But you have to have players that can play together and you have to have like an actual identity, which the galaxy don't have. Like I couldn't tell you what the galaxy are trying to do right now. That's like how disjointed it is. Yeah. It's hard to follow, but uh, hopefully it's easy to beat. Um, any final, oh, yeah. I've, I've said any final thoughts. Final thoughts. Fine. It's like fifth time, <laughs> any so. final thoughts. Anyone. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to not say that again. Uh, for, Justin, who I'm gonna get is, on my phone for the rest of this podcast. But his phone is a joke. It's not even an iPhone, people. So don't take that threat seriously. I love this phone. Do you? you it should. has games on it. <laughs> you're not. You're not a Spurs fan. You don't have to say. Oh. Uh, for Justin, who is going to be playing Snake on his uh, Nokia, whatever it's called. And for Ian, who is settling because, you know, Spurs. Uh, this is 41 eggs. the Soccer Talk Labs podcast. I don't know why I'm doing this formal outro like that's something we've done before. This has but I been... am 
I am we, now which going I really to say this is our new thing. We ask people if they have final thoughts twelve times, then we go into our outro. It's a new thing. Get used to it. Let us know what you think of it. I am now going to say <laughs> the outro music. Good night. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend. Downtown West is a conspiracy. Oh, hey, hey. Oh, final <laughs> thoughts. I have final thoughts. <laughs> Any final thoughts on downtown? One more West? final thoughts. Uh-huh, if downtown uh-huh. West wasn't a thing, Roman Berkey wouldn't be able to walk to get his groceries. And that is my final thought. He can walk in Western St. Louis City easily. Just move your, just move your feet. Just breathe. That's right. Breathe, That's right. Roman. <laughs> Oh my God. He's probably too depressed about not having a clean sheet one time, like six weeks ago. So he's a nihilist. The man has had a tough life. Uh, Vancouver was very distraught about the fact that they let in a goal at that game. (laughs) Yeah. For two men that want you to believe a lie. This has been the two, the uh, soccer talk lads podcast, not that other podcast. Uh, Have a lovely evening and goodbye. Adios. See you. Supposed to be